listening to Roots and Wings, a podcast produced by the Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth. I'm Jonquil Newland, the director of Kids Central TN. Across the state, there are hundreds of students who have or are at risk for serious emotional disturbance or SED. SED can include severe behavior problems and or substance use disorders. If anything, this year has likely thrown those who are more at risk for these behavioral health challenges into an even darker place, which is why it's perfect timing that this fall, Governor Bill Lee helped to expand the school-based behavioral health liaison program, which is administered through the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. Now, this program provides direct interaction between state liaisons and teachers who are in environments with more youth who may be at risk for serious emotional disturbance. To help explain more about this program and how it serves children across the state, I'd like to introduce Kayla Mumphrey, who is the Director of School-Based Initiatives with Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. Kayla, thank you so much for being a guest on Roots and Wings. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be doing this podcast with you. Well, thank you so much for doing it. And this is a wonderful topic to discuss. And now, I guess, let's just get into this discussion. Before this expansion, Kayla, I understand that the School-Based Behavioral Health Liaison Program was in 36 counties. Now, that's out of 95 Tennessee counties, but now it has been expanded to all 95 counties. Why is this expansion so crucial, especially right now in the midst of 2020? Okay. Um, so, yes. So prior to COVID, this expansion um, was beneficial because it would be placing a liaison in all counties statewide to provide training to teachers and therapeutic services to students who have or are at risk for a serious emotional disturbance. Um, what, I like, what I like most about this program is that the liaison works closely with the school district to identify what schools in the county are the highest need for the services. This expansion is so crucial now because schools have been confronted with unexpected challenges due to the pandemic. So schools have made a quick change to provide services um, fully virtually, in person, or a hybrid plan. And these changes have caused worry and stress for the students, the teachers, and the administrators. Um, So for me, I think having the liaisons in the schools to provide training and support groups on how to deal with and overcome those challenges is vital because they're able to provide additional support and assistance to the schools. When you were speaking a little bit, Kayla, it made me think like in your profession, especially if you kind of look at the last eight or nine months, have you seen an uptick in the calls that you and your colleagues are getting in just regards to behavioral health or either parents and or teachers or staff who may be reaching out at a more constant pace? What have you seen personally? So that's a really good question. And um, I kind of like to explain the difference with our department. It's um, more administrative. So we are getting a lot more calls on resources that the family and the schools would like. Um, So I would, say, obviously, that there must be increases where these agencies and the community providers are uh, community providers are getting additional calls and concerns and really reaching out on what we can do and what services we provide. Can you explain a little bit more, Kayla, about how these, how many liaisons actually are in each county and what each liaison's roles actually are? Absolutely. Um, So typically there is one liaison in each county, um, each school. It does vary from county and um, 
school, obviously, but for the most part, I would say that there is one liaison in one school in one county. And the liaisons basically use the multi-tiered system of supports framework to provide face-to-face consultations with teachers, and they're enhancing those learning environments for the students who are or at risk for mental health and behavioral problems. The liaisons provide trainings and education for the teachers regarding mental health and substance abuse topics, as well as behavior interventions that they can implement in their classrooms. Also, the liaisons provide psychoeducational groups to the students, as well as individual consultations and skill building. Um, What I think is unique about the liaisons in the school is that they're also able to provide mental health screenings, assessments, and therapeutic service to the students as well. So that could be individual group or family therapy sessions. So I think that's um, really important and unique in their role. Um, And then basically the liaisons provide a connection for the student's family and the school. So they ensure that proper communication and assistance is there and they help with transitions from alternative schools and classroom placements. Very interesting you say that. And when when you were describing that, Kayla, I heard you obviously say the, the term in person several times. And and obviously right now throughout this year, especially, there's been a lot of adaptation. Um, how have the school liaison liaisons, that is, had to adapt to learning environments in this age of COVID-19? Yes, that is a great question. And, you know, COVID really hit hard, you know, last quarter of the school year, you know, the FY20 school year, that's when COVID really hit. Um, And it was a struggle, not only for just our liaisons, but for all our school-based programs, because they are used to doing those in-person meetings and trainings. Um, And it was quite an adjustment um, because they had to get creative and find ways to provide liaison services virtually and through telehealth. So um, I can say that the liaisons were able to quickly adjust to the changes and offer supports um, to each school based off, again, the school's needs, um, whether that was being an additional support, an, an additional support in the school to assist with providing community resources or using various forms of technology to host those individual and group meetings with the teachers and students where possible and safe. Absolutely. I know um, we all have kind of, had to adapt and incorporate a lot more um, web-based everything. Whether you have kids who are virtually learning or you've been someone who has been working from home, um, it's, you know, I can, I can say for me, it's been a challenge to be in front of my computer forever. So I can only imagine, especially for folks who, who really are, are meant to be in person in person, this has been a, a big challenge to get over as well. Yes, absolutely. Now from your professional experience, Kayla, Um, In general, we're talking kind of in general here, but how do you believe this year, the year of COVID-19, 2020, the racial injustice talk that's been going on since this past summer? I mean, there's a lot of things that have happened this year. How do you think in general that all of this has impacted youth who are more at risk for behavioral challenges to begin with? Yes. Um, And from my personal experience, you know, to be honest, I feel this year has impacted everyone at a different capacity. You know, we focus on the youth that are more at risk, but I think it's very important to be aware of just the society as a whole. I think that it's impacted everyone differently. Um, I think the concern here, like I said, is not for just the youth that are more at risk, but again, all youth. 
I feel the majority of youth are experiencing higher levels of anxiety and sadness and depression this year because of the pandemic. And just like you said, everything that's kind of going on um, in America at this point and how it's affected their learning environment and their home environment. Um, I think it's important for us to be mindful of this because some students struggle to identify and express how they feel or they may not have developed the skills to verbalize what they're feeling. Um, So I think it's really important now more than ever that we normalize the stigma on mental health and we try to talk with the youth and help them in understanding their feelings are normal and creating a, a safe place for them to be comfortable and having those difficult conversations and really creating coping skills to help them during these times. Absolutely. You mentioned a phrase that we've talked about a little bit, or I I have heard and talked about a little bit in just regards to the stigma that comes around mental health and mental illness. And, you know, I've kind of equated it to a lot, you know, people can see a broken bone, so they understand it, but they can't really understand or see a broken mind for lack of better words. Um, Mm. And that's, that's gotta be, that's gotta be really, really hard. (laughs) Um, Why do you think I mean, you kind of mentioned, especially now we need to get over the stigma of mental health, and and I agree with that 100%, but why do you think there's so much of a stigma around it to begin with? Um, I think it's really just the fear um, of how you think the world is going to view you and see you. Um, A lot of people are ashamed of their mental health, and so they try to hide it. Um, And then, again, on the other side of that, a lot of people aren't really aware of what mental health is and what it means. So they may not know they're suffering from depression. Mm. So I think it's really big. Um, The big piece is really education. If we have any parents who are listening to this podcast now and are thinking back in the last several months of this year and and kind of either are assessing themselves and or their children, um, do you have any advice of of things that you maybe like parents could be on the lookout for or or for themselves or for their kids, if they may actually be struggling with mental health problems? Are there any tips or advice or things that that might be a a little bit of an an alarm? For me, what I would say is have those conversations with your youth. Um, Make them feel comfortable. Um, Make sure they know they have someone to talk to so they will be open and honest about their feelings. You know, sometimes it's hard to say, what signs you should look for, what should be alarming. Um, But again, I think it goes back to building that trust and that foundation with the kids so they can come to you and say, hey, I'm feeling this way. Um, So my biggest advice is, again, create a safe space for those youth um, to be able to have those difficult, hard conversations. To our viewers, I also want to point out, because Kayla also mentioned this, sometimes, especially with really young kids, who might not know the tummy ache that they're having is from anxiety. Um, be aware of that. Be aware that they might not have the words to express the emotions that they're feeling because they just honestly don't know it yet, um, but know it exists. So, I mean, would you agree with me, Kayla? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. Are there any other mental health services within your department, Kayla, or that are expanding that you'd like to mention or talk about? Yes. So this year, the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services expanded the Behavior Health Safety safety Net to children. And um, overall, this program offers an array of mental health services for uninsured uninsured children living in Tennessee. Uh, the services that they have avail- available through the Children's Behavioral 
health safety net includes assessment and evaluation, individual group or family therapy, case management, transportation, family support services, medication management, and pharmacy assistance. So they offer a lot of services. Um, I can say for more information, I would recommend you to contact the director of Behavioral Health Safety Net, Katie Lee. Um, thank you so much, Kayla, for your time and for your knowledge about this. Obviously, this is a time where many families are reaching out more for resources than likely they ever have. Um, this is a time where families maybe for the first time are having to reach out for help uh, if they never have before. So this is a first for all of us in some way, shape, or form. Um, and we all need to just kind of continue to realize that this isn't over it's not going to be over anytime soon, and we got to kind of mentally get ourselves prepared for the long haul. Um, in saying that, Kayla, is there anything else that I did not ask or say that you would like to just make sure is on the top of mind of our listeners? Um, no, I don't have anything else. I do want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak with you on the expansion of the School-Based Behavioral Health Liaison Program, um, and again, it's really been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you again, Kayla, for being a guest on Roots and Wings. This has been another episode of Roots and Wings. I'm John Paul Newman. Thank you so much.